Look at the person beside you and say, let's go for a ride this morning. I don't know about y'all, but I've been worked over. I've been worked over all morning long. I don't know if it's going to lighten up or not, and I don't really care. If you walk out of here this morning and you don't get something that's on you, it's not on me. I told you Wednesday, if you will open up your heart to hear the word of the Lord, he will feed you. See, I got to say it again because I, I had to go through this Wednesday. If you open up your heart and hear the word of the Lord, he will feed you. Amen. You'll get it. Maybe. I pray. If you got your Bibles, let's turn to Mark chapter 8, verse 22 through 26. Tommy, I apologize. I didn't give you that, but I didn't know where we're going. I know where we're going now, so we're just going to go. I want to talk this morning on a topic of where grace once stood. See, I don't know about you, but I need grace to stand now, right? <laughs> Anybody in need of grace standing right now? No, I don't I don't know where I don't know where you are in life. I don't know what what mountains that you're climbing. Because faith, your faith couldn't move it. Boy, when he said, good gracious. <laughs> See, sometimes we have to go anyway. If faith can't move the mountain, that doesn't stop us from getting over the mountain. We just have to start going. He said there's no plans. Sorry. Good gracious. See, I can probably listen to that one again. I got a whole sermon out of that deal. Too many times we think that when our faith doesn't move the mountain, we give up. Who told you to give up? Who said you, who said you have quit in you? Who lied? Somebody lied to you and said you've got quit in you. Jesus didn't have quit. He didn't create us with quit. Y'all going to make me throw my water. You don't have quit in you. Where grace once stood. See, the only thing that I think that God's trying to reveal this morning in both you and me is that he is going to take us back. I think he's going to take us on a little journey. I think he's going to walk us back in time to where he can show us where grace once stood, so that it would benefit us now and increase our trust and our hope that grace not only stood then, but it will stand now because we know that he is not a respecter of person. If he done it for them, he'll do it for me. They, I am no lesser of a man than you, and you are no lesser of a woman than the next one. God wants us to understand this morning that when we need grace to stand now, he is going to encourage us through the words and through time where he once stood before. Amen? That's a good opening, Pastor. Well, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Mark 8, 22, watch this. Then he came to Bethsaida and he brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he, he came into Bethsaida. The disciples bring him a blind man, begged him to touch him. 
So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, boy, you better be anointed. When he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and he said, yeah, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he said, and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Jesus goes into a town and he finds a blind man like many of us, bound to our disabilities, locked away in our sorrows and our pain, hanging on to what was, hoping for what could be, and not living in the now. Have you ever been, have you ever been there? Where you're, you're there, but you're just not living there. Oh, it's, it's a new day, but it's just not new for you. Because it's the same old, same old. Day in and day out. Scripture tells us that Jesus grabs this man and he takes him by the hand. And he, he leads him out of town. You know, I wonder how many of us need God to take us by the hand and lead us out of what holds us captive. Okay, how many of you are still living in where you were? You don't raise your hand. And I know you wouldn't anyway, because you don't, you don't want to be free. You just want to hear about freedom. Because if they know what troubles you go through, then they're going to talk about you, and then it's going to bother you, and then it's going to affect See, if somebody in church talks about you, you won't go back to the church because now they're talking about it. Who cares? Can I tell you something I've learned in the last 54 years of my life is that whether I'm doing right, wrong, or indifferent, people are going to talk about me. And can I tell you this? When they talk about me, it does not stop me from living. I don't care what you say anymore. I've gotten beyond that. See, now I understand. I'm starting to really know what it is. When my mom says, son, I'm 80 years old. I'm going to say what's on my mind. (laughs) It doesn't matter how you accept me and how you don't accept me or how you reject me. It doesn't matter if you agree or disagree with me. It doesn't matter how you feel or how I feel. It doesn't matter anymore. I'm at a point that there's one person that I have to please, and his name is Jesus. He is the one that retched out of the clouds on one cold November day and snatched me out of a tree stand and said, Son, go preach the gospel. You didn't call me. We have to get to a place in our life That when Jesus calls us away from where we were, that we're willing to walk. You don't know what God's got in store for you until you'll leave. See, too many of us, we love to sit where we are. Because at least we know what to expect. 
See, if I've got to move from where I am to get where I'm going, that means I don't know what's got to take place. And it's probably going to be a little more complicated than what it is right here. We don't want to fight for anything better. We enjoy resting in what's... Oh, I'll be preaching to you in a minute. Give me time. I'm coming down your street and I just ain't got to the door yet. He took him outside the place that held him captive, away from the people that had seen him disabled. See, there's, there, there's times in our life that when we live where we have lived in our disabilities, and we've been bound to our disabilities for so long, and I'm saying disabilities, and, and listen, and hear me, hear me when I say this. I am not downplaying your disability. I'm not downplaying the fact that you might have an issue. I'm not downplaying the thing that you're going through health issues. I'm not downplaying any of that. I'm just telling you that we cannot live there for the rest of our life. That Jesus made a way for you and I to be delivered. That is from death, hell, and the grave. See, I don't have to die but once. Some people said all you got to do is die and pay taxes. Well, die. <laughs> Never mind. This is not a political stance. <laughs> but Jesus comes and he says, hey, I see you. And I'm here for you. Now, this is what's got to take place. I've got to remove you from where you are because you've been around other people for so long. How many of you have had long life friends? Anybody? You, you've had friends that's been, they've been your friends forever. Here's the danger. Uh-oh, pastor's now, the pastor will get the meddling. No, I'm just giving you a danger. Are they true friends? Or are they just acquaintances? Yeah. Are they just people that are, are there? Are they just the ones that will just listen to you when you call and grumble? See, that's not a friend. That's just somebody that will get in your pity party and pamper you through the process. I'm not the guy. Jesus made a way for you and I to come out of where we are. And he, he removed him not only from the city, but from the people. Because, see, those people had seen him in the state that he was in for so long, they too even believed that was no hope. So instead of them, Miss Lisa, saying, I know it's painful. And I know it hurts, but you got to get up. Those are the people you want in your life. You don't want the people in your life that go, oh, honey, I know I get it. I'm so sorry. I understand. He's not like that. Well, that's good. That's good. You're a good husband. We, we don't, good friends don't let you lay in your garbage. See, I'm going to check you. I'm going to point blank hit you in the solar plex, and I'm going to check you. 
Because if you continue to lay where you are, here's the chances. There are none. You'll never get out of it. You'll never move on. That's why Jesus takes him out of the city and away from the people. Because he knew if he went and done this in front of the people. You know those doubters, those naysayers. Some people call them haters. Right? They don't, they don't, they don't want to be around. See, even when, it, this is how you know when you have true friends or not. When they can celebrate your successes. When they can wave banners over your breakthroughs. <laughs> when they're happy in your hopes. And they still sitting and fighting. Those are good friends. See, the friends that you're talking about, when I ask you about your lifelong friends, the, the, most of those, I'm not, listen, I'm not picking on your friends. They're going to write me too. They're going to, the crown and the, con, what's it, construction paper. I can, I can see the letters coming. Yeah. Red crowns on red construction paper. I, I can see it coming. But the ones that really just aren't your friends, they're just there. Oh, and I'm not saying they don't want you better. They just don't want you better without them. If you're going to be successful, if you're going to be healed, if you're going to be whole, if you're going to have a good relationship, if you're going to have children, they've got to have it too, or guess what? They're gone. And there you are left, heartbroken, discouraged, confused. I thought you had my back. See, it's, it's amazing to me how people will leave a church when they forgot how it was that they got out of the ditch that they were in. They forgot that the manna that they ate on for years was fed by the same pasture that they've sat under. But now they're going to move on to a new level. They're going to go on to a new thing. And there you stand and you're peering through the glass, the stained glass of another church, and they singing songs, they raising their hands, they're leading children's ministry. Oh, they're doing everything that they had hopes and dreams for. But they forgot... Sometimes Jesus will take you away. When he heals you, he moves relationships. He can't take the danger of you going back to what he brought you from. Amen. There's got to be a day and a time in our life. Where we consider the word of the Lord when he says come. And we're willing to step off the boat regardless of the other 11 doubters. The ones that are always looking and peering at circumstance. And the only thing you see is Jesus. See, y'all ain't getting me this morning. Y'all gonna make me work for this one hard. And I'm, try, I'm trying to stay on some notes because he gave me some good stuff. And I want you to have it too. How many of you are living in an area where your disabilities have kept you from seeing Jesus? Now, now listen, this is, this is what I mean. 
you've lived in so much pain and confusion and heartbreak and hurt and disappointment and betrayal that you've lived there for so long. It's not that you don't see Jesus. You don't just don't see Jesus in you. It's not that you stop believing Jesus. Hear me. It's not that you didn't stop, that you stop believing Jesus. You just stop believing Jesus to fix your stuff. All right, you still, it's still, they're still not getting it. It's not that you don't trust God anymore. You just can't find the trust for you. But it's been like this for so long, this must be what God wants for me. Come on, somebody. Please, please, please stop setting like you're above this because I'm telling you right now, I'm all in your soup. Girl, you better keep witnessing. I, we've set so long that we've just found a way. How much strength do you think it takes for you to muster up to maintain your sanity in your stuff? I mean, you're, you, you get exhausted. It's easier if you'll turn that energy and that faith and that trust and that tenacity, if you'll turn that to Jesus. See, sometimes you're right. I heard you. You're right. Sometimes he may not make it to your stuff and deliver you. Sometimes he may not. But here's the thing. If you got your eyes on him, what you in don't amount to a hill of beans. These light, I'll give them scripture because they need it. These light and momentary afflictions are for a much weightier glory. Hey, get up. You have to wake up. I'm just, I'm trying to tell you. God is trying to show us something in this text. You came this morning. I don't know who you are, but you came this morning. You came looking and hoping, and some of you may even desiring that God would step into your city, that God would come to your place, and that God would snatch you by the hand, and that God would lead you out of all of your failures, of all your pains, of all your disappointments. He's trying to show you this morning. He's just trying to season the soup. He's putting a little bit of hope in there. He's saying, see, you understand seasoning. Ain't got to be much sometimes. It's just, I found that out the other day when I was cooking pizza. I put a little, I put a little something on it. Some kind of herb and, huh? No, it wasn't even garlic and onion. I don't think. I, it was it was herb or something. I said, well, this has got to be good. It said Italian seasoning. Miss Linda, it said Italian seasoning. I mean, it's meant for pizza. I said, so. 
And I took a bite and I went, Lord Jesus. A little much. I don't know why I told y'all about the story of pizza. But Jesus just, I just think right now he's, just, he's trying to season your soul again. Just, just enough hot sauce to wake you up. Not something that's just going to leave you a burnt taste in your mouth. Just something to, what else y'all season food with? Just, just, just a little bit will, will light you, will, will not, not light you up, but just but awaken you. Y'all know what I'm saying? Just enough. And maybe that's what God's trying to show us this morning. He said, man, if I can just take you back one time where I met this man in Bethsaida. And I showed up and I walked him out of his circumstance and I walked him away from his people. And if they can see that I will do it for him, maybe, just maybe, Rocky, just maybe they will trust that I'll do it for them. Just a little pinch. Who says pinch like that? Huh? Pinch. It's just a little pinch. Right, just just to get you to the point that you go, you know what, maybe, just maybe, today. I can't afford to stay home, because if I stay home, I might miss a word. Well, Pastor, they don't miss a word now. They can see you on Shut up. There's something that happens within a corporate anointing that you'll never get on an individual basis. Take it for whatever it is that you want to take it for. And vice versa. Oh man, there's been times I've sat inside of worship services that I literally thought that the glory of God sat on the sanctuary. And then I compared it to the moment that I had by myself and I went, even as powerful as that was, God had never ministered to me like this. So it goes both ways. But you'll never know if you don't try it. If all you do is set in your sickness and set in your sorrow and set in your pain and set in your wonder. He let him out. See, we've lived, we've lived with our disabilities. And, and I'm just using the word disabilities because I'm, I'm hoping that it will cover everything. Okay. Am I free to do that? English majors? Can I can I can I throw in just disabilities hoping that it would be something that it it's debilitating your pain and your sorrow, right? It's debilitating. Sometimes sometimes it will freeze you in your moment. That's why it's so hard for you to come out. That's why you need Jesus this morning to walk into your city. Come on, Holy Spirit. They coming. We've lived with them for so long that it's hard to see areas in our lives where we are blessed. Oh, now pastor wants to say, oh, I'm, you are. Did you take a breath? 
Well, Paul said, here's the religious people. Well, Paul says, mm-hmm. I caught you, didn't I? Trying to creep in. I shut the door on you. We have lived with them for so long that it becomes harder with each day to see any hope. How long have you lived in what you're living in? How much harder is it today to see any hope than it was the first day that you had hoped? Come on, some. We've lived with them for so long that even those around us have a hard time believing. You know, in your disbelief, you can jack other people up. That's why I would rather not talk to you. If all you're going to talk to me about is your sick and sorrows, I... Not, not that I, I don't have to hear that, because I do. And I'm okay with it. Sometimes. Right? But if every time you go call me on the phone, and every time that you call me, it ain't got nothing to do about encouraging me. It's just got all about... Sometimes I just don't want to visit that again. See, sometimes you... Shock me. The next time you call me. Start singing. Well, if you can sing. Start singing if you can sing. Look what the Lord has done. It, it, you know? But don't call me every day. Oh! Don't do that every day. Because sometimes I'm just going to go, send a voicemail. And my voicemail says, if, you, if I didn't take this call, it's because I didn't want to. I, it's, it really didn't. It, it really didn't. It doesn't. You can call. Some of you will never hear the voicemail because I answer every time you call. But, Woo. I believe it's right here in our text that Jesus is wanting us to see that hope is never lost. No matter how long you've been where you've been. No matter how much it hurts now, no matter how much further into your issue that you have drawn into, hope has never been lost. Hope will never be lost. Hope is never lost. I just want to challenge you. Get out of your stupor. Why do you think it's just you? Yeah, I'll go to church today. Keep peace at the family. If I don't go to church, my sister's going to call me and go, why ain't you at church, preacher? She's back there so I can do that. God's letting us see that where we are right now in our life, he stepped into it a long time ago. Did you know that? Do you ever, do you ever look at it that way? Most of us, I believe, look at it like this. This is how we will pray. And I'm not downplaying, just listen to me. Listen at how this sounds. 
so maybe you'll understand. Sometimes we have to hear it in order to understand it. This is our prayer. God, I need you. When in fact, maybe our prayer should sound like this. God, thank you for that time. When you stepped into my life, I'm still talking about the same issue. I'm looking at it differently now because he showed... This was written aforehand for our learning. So if it's in here, it's so it can teach you. Thank you for that time. You remember that blind man in Bethsaida that you said and you pulled him out and you God, I thank you for that because now I get to do it. Why are we always begging like we're paupers? My daddy. Some people would say he owns a thousand cattle on all the hills. I'm not saying who would say that, Lisa, but it says that he owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. No, totally different. Mm -mm. So why am I begging? Why don't I go back through God's word and go, okay, let me see where grace once stood. Because today, I'm in need of some grace. Amen. And whatever area it might be. Look and find where Jesus stepped in. Man, I was sitting there, so this is how my mind goes. It's even going like that right now. I'm sitting there studying into a deep thought. I'm thinking about it. I'm writing it down. And then I go... Whoa, there was another moment of grace where grace stood and it was Jesus standing on the cross. Where grace, I said, God, stop trying to do this one thing at a time. Can't do that to a little old country redneck. That boy gets <laughs> discombobulated. Can't even spell that word either. Don't laugh, y'all can't either. Even as it was written in the text, sometimes even after Jesus teaches us or touches us, it's hard for us to see it. Even just like it was in the text. Even after Jesus touches us and brings us out, it's still hard for us to see it. Or is it hard for us to believe it? And he's got to come back. See, this is where grace stood. Grace said, I already know that you're not going to believe me the first time anyway. So guess what? I'm going to come back again. I already. <laughs> there was a cartoon. <laughs> Did you just hear that? That was a. <laughs> Never mind. Y'all didn't watch cartoons. 
They don't get me. I'm, I must be totally lost, man. I'm, did you just hear that? That's how my mind works. But I'm just telling you. See, God came in and God said, see. Oh, you saw blurry. And he went, hey, I'm not leaving. It ain't done. See. Now I see. See, God has probably touched one or two of you this morning. And it seems as though it's blurry now. It's just not all the way. Here he come again. You have to believe that. See, there was, come on, I can use you. There's a time, you know what, boy, I shouldn't even have seen that sweater. Couple of months ago, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't go through the calendar and go. And she's sick a day. She's sick. A, I don't do that. Y'all might do it. You can live in that if you want to, but that's garbage. That's a lie from hell. Amen. When you're able to look at the doctor, and go. Well, I, I've been feeling like this for 16 weeks and two days now. You probably gonna feel like it for a long more time. Long more. Why are you keeping tabs? Yeah. I go to the doctor, they say, when did you have some? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. And it ain't because I'm old, don't you? <laughs> Man, look. See, you try to be serious, get spiritual food, and this is the kind of stuff I got to deal with. God, these people that you've given me. See, there are just there's events in my life that I choose not to live in. And Sean will testify to this because every time a doctor or someone says, when did your father pass? I look at him and go, I don't know. Huh? They look at me like I'm stupid. I don't let the dead bury the dead. I don't want to live in it. He gone. On a highway to heaven. That's where he went. Boom. Why am I stressed? I, I, did it. I went to that grave one time. That was the day we buried him. I don't need to go, but he can't hear me. Now, I can get crazy and psychotic and sit there and talk to him. Or talk to the body that's in there. If he answers, you better run. I have no need for it. There is nothing in death that causes me to live other than the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Because if he died and that's all he done was die, he died like Buddha. He ain't doing us no good. He's a statue. But he rose. There's over 500 eyewitnesses. Today in the court of law, that stands. And everybody's doubting. Did he really? Re There's 500 witnesses. Yeah, but you don't know any of them. 
Those are the people you need to cut out of your life. Stop casting your pearls to swine. See, oh, stick to the context. I only want to teach the people that want to learn. I only want to shepherd the people that want to be shepherded. You're not going to exhaust me. Because there's somebody that's hungry. There's somebody that just said, Hey, I'm jumping into the deep. And they need my assistance. And I want to go and shepherd them. And help them. And teach them how to swim in the deep things of God. But no, you want to be playing in the kiddie pool. Putting your toe in. Every once see you every six months. Keep living in your stuff. But Jesus, I come back the second time. And I'm going back because it's hard to see the first time. This is the terminology we use. See, aren't y'all glad y'all not married to me? I teach hard at home. But there was a time that my wife was scooting across a dining room floor going to the kitchen. And all you heard was a shuffle of feet. Anybody in here had to ever walk with a shuffle? Just you didn't. There was no pick up and put down. There was a, and they were that close. It wasn't no. It wasn't no moon slide. It was the little. They got my attention. I heard something, and I looked, and I seen this sweater. I want to burn it but I'm going to keep it as a memorabilia because I remember. And now to see her walk. You, uh -uh. Don't you sit over there. And go, man, I wish. Uh -uh, uh -uh. Time for teaching. Scoot over. These are the times that we look and we rejoice. Over someone's benefit. Oh, it's hard. It's hard. There's no doubt it's hard. Absolutely no doubt. But I'm telling you. I am trying to help you and give you biblical principle in your life. Not just I'm talking to them too. They're hard-headed, more hard-headed than you are. You're here. 
Some of them still outside. They might be sitting here, but they're thinking somewhere, I know you're here. But when we're given an opportunity to share in someone's healing, to share in someone's release, to share in someone's deliverance, even though you are demonically oppressed in your own issue, find a way to sincerely rejoice in the healing hand of God on somebody else's life. I promise you, you've got to get out of your own mind. You've got to be believing that if God can do it once, he can do it twice. Now, for those that have been touched by the hem of his garment, you're rejoicing. See, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm coming against some crazy theology right here, Uncle Charlie. Because what most people say, well, I'm getting better. <laughs> or... I'm better. That's our rejoice in the Lord. Yeah. Haphazard. See, what you're doing is leaving a little room for God so that you can be an excuse for Him instead of becoming a witness for Uh oh. Come on. Come on. Because, see, when you're, when you, you're okay, you existed. <laughs> when, when you get an opportunity to become a witness for Him, you don't say, I'm getting better. You say I'm healed. I, this, oh, this is why you got to watch the people that God pulls you away from because they have remembered you in the state that you were in. They can't see clearly now, but they see you still going. I don't see you going. I see you going. So you got to get out of the company that can't believe it with you so that you can believe it for yourself. I don't have time to fight your negativity and your lack of trust and your lack of faith while I'm trying to focus on the one that died for me and the one that believes that I can believe in him. The one sometimes that trusts me more than I trust him. But he will make a way for me. I don't have time for all of your stuff too. I gotta have a way. I gotta have a way. God told him, Jesus told him, he looked at man, he says, Now listen, now that you see, I love you. <laughs> but now that you see, don't talk to everybody. Don't. Come on. I love you. Don't. Call Miss Dawn and say, Miss Dawn, I'm, I'm getting better. Now, you know, I still feel, but I'm, mm -mm. you healed, Miss Dawn. I need you to do me a favor when she calls <laughs> and she says, Miss Dawn, I'm getting better. Well, I thought Jesus healed you, Miss Debbie. And if that offends you, don't call that person back. Because that person's not in it to get in your hole. 
That person's in it to see you out, to see you on the other side, to see the healing hand of God. Not just, but too many times we'll talk ourselves out of being healed because we're reminded, because we went back to the same. Here's one for you. I love him so I can do this. Don't y'all try it because he's a big boy. He, he got like a softball glove for a hand. And he, he, knows, he knows why. The, right? Right? I'm healed. Right? I'm healed. I'm, I'm, a, I'm healed. I'm healed. We, <laughs> Pastor, you getting? I told you I was going to make you fanatical <laughs> about Jesus Christ. We can't go back to. If you've been healed, then habit has taken over. Faith to make you stretch. Oh, you. I'll give you an opportunity to amen. Just because he says I love you, he needs to show it. You can't just always say. See, you. Because I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with that action. I know what to expect. I know, <laughs> I know what pain to expect when I do that. And I became tolerant yep. of that pain. Why can I say I become tolerant? Because it's still right. <laughs> right? So, there's just some things in life that you learn to tolerate when you enjoy doing. Y'all come up in big boy, big girl church. Would y'all have church on a Sunday? Y'all blow his mind. Have church. Just amen a good word every once in a while. But we become tolerant. And because I am expecting what was. Oh. See, I love this one based on how I love the other one. Stick with me, big boys and big girls. I'm going to love this one conditionally. Because the last time that I loved unconditionally, I was hurt. See, I know what I can tolerate. I can tolerate you not telling me that you love me every night before you go to bed. I can tolerate that. I'm good with that. I am. I'm good with that. Ask me how I know. <laughs> no, she, every night, every night, whether I do or not, 
And even when she's mad, she still kiss me. I, I don't want, I'm mad right now. <laughs> Pastor's doing that? Yep. Get on your side of the bed. Leave me. That's why we got a king size. Because <laughs> I can't touch. If I don't, I have to try. I have to try. I've got to lay sideways because I'm short. I can touch with a tippy toe. Just to check, make sure she's there. Anyway. But this is how we go through any of our healing processes. Man, I feel God all over this message. Because he secured your heart in his hand on the last one. And now you want to go, well, and then you get upset because the one that you're supposedly loving isn't. Maybe it's because you're not loving them. I'm working, Lisa. <laughs> See, when we go back, when we go back, we get reminded. We get reminded of the pains, right? When we go back, when we go back and we go and we revisit what was, we get reminded of the pain. And when that pain sets in, it don't have to be a big one. It just be a little. You go, oh, there it is. Boy, I'm glad I got on like this. Come on, church. He'll touch you twice. Will you trust him to touch you twice? Will you? Because there's some times in our lives that he'll probably intentionally touch us once just to really see where our heart's at. Are we, are we those disciples that are just following for the bread? Or are we those disciples that are wanting to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood? Oh, come on. Please, somebody smile. <laughs> He's so good to you and I. Yes, he is. Amen. There is none other that is as good to us as our Father in heaven. We have to find a way to lean into his healing and stop leaning into our understanding. That's good. Because most times in your healing, Miss Lisa, it ain't going to make no kind of sense whatsoever to the doctors for you to be healed today. None. Now, when you're healed today, Will you lean into their understanding or will you lean into his healing? See, there's the question. And if I send you home today and you're halfway better than what you were, are you healed or are you getting better? Come on. I'm 
some of the best messages that God unfolds in my heart are messages that I have lived in my life. We have to learn to live in what he's done, not what he hasn't. Well, I can't see clear, but I can see men like trees. That ain't what he's wanting you to see. Can you lean into his healing or are you bound and determined to lean in their understanding? Jesus said, don't go back. He said, don't go back to the city. Don't go back to where I'm pulling you out of. Don't go. Don't, don't go back. And he said, don't tell nobody. I just think that he believed that there was a lot of unbelievers. Because after all, you've been in your mess for lifelong. And all your lifelong friends, they ain't helped you yet. I don't go home. Well, it'd probably do you some good to defriend some people on Facebook. <laughs> it'd probably do you, it'll do your heart some good. It'll do your mind some good. It might do your eyes some good. See if I defriend you. Don't get offended. I just don't want what you got. I'm going to get in trouble. Is it okay? I can't live my life based on you. What you do shouldn't affect me. And if you won't change around me, I'm going to change around you. Y'all can't do that. But we've had some good times. Yep. But all it takes is the seed. As long as this earth shall endure. Seed, time, and harvest. One man plants, another water. But God will bring the increase. If you keep allowing the wrong seed to be planted in the wrong soil, my friend, you're going to come up with a rotten garden. God says, be not dismayed for bad company. Stop it. It's not where I'm living. Those were bad cartoons. They used to hunt with plug guns. Now they're murdering people on games and it's okay for the kids. Stop. You get me on a soapbox. See, when we go back to the people that once knew where we were, they'll begin to remind us of who we once were. Oh, but how do they remind you? How do they remind you? Oh, you're Mr. Goody Two-Shoes now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember when me and you used to roll up. And now, 
Oh, look at you. I'm sorry. Look at you now. Now you become weak in spirit. I'm telling you the truth. You better listen to me. You get weak in spirit and then you begin walking out what they're talking. They will tell you how much you not. And you should have said, amen, sister, let's roll. <laughs> Got your bags packed. <laughs> be careful what you say because it will be tested through fire. <laughs> Would you tell her? Mm-hmm. It'll be tested. Thank goodness they wish me happy birthday. <laughs> Thank goodness y'all sent me a message on Facebook. Said happy birthday, Pastor. I couldn't have lived it without it. Then there's your sign. Get out. Even if you don't believe it at first, over time, it will be easier to fall back into the state that you were desiring to be delivered from. See, you don't, you don't think it's affecting you. Oh, after all, it's my sister. Oh, well, it's my brother. Well, it's my mom. Well, I mean, dad's saying. Well, you know, the, it's my husband. It's my wife. It's, it's my lifelong friend. It, you know, they keep telling me that, you know, well, I mean... And eventually you fall prey to that. That's just the enemy. Do you think that they're going to walk right in and just say, Dude, you'll never make it. Hell's going to swallow you up. The enemy ain't dumb enough to do that. He's going to walk in and go, Want to roll one? I don't even, y'all stop judging him. I don't even know if he ever rolled one before in his life. I haven't. I just know this because of my wife. (laughs) The enemy is sneakier. The enemy is not going to come in running through your front door. Some of you still got slits in the screen on the back door. You know the ones that go... Got the slit in the door. He goes, what you doing? Matter of fact, he might not even tell you. He might just come in and sit down and watch TV with you. Don't look at me crazy. Girl, he might sit right beside you. You don't even know it. Got to open your eyes. I told you, if you open your heart and hear the word of the Lord, he will feed you. You better stop chasing life. And stop chasing what life offers. And start chasing what God's already given. See, all it is is an offer from life. If you'll do, if you'll do, if you'll do. See, did you come here this morning standing in a city? 
waiting for a man to grab you by the hand and walk you out? Or did you come just for a good laugh? Good little bit of humor. still fighting stuff you still worrying through things you still every once in a while find yourself revisiting the pain see this is a serious question this morning This is almost like a marriage when you say I do. I know the younger generation don't, they don't care about that. They want to test drive it. And if it don't work. But can I tell you when you grab the hand of the one that you supposedly love. And you say till death do us part you better remember the beginning of the ceremony. When it said before God and all the witnesses. Because when you make a vow, you better hold to the, you, and that's what's happening this morning. He's just walked into your city in the past, I don't, didn't even bring my watch because I scared I'd go over. I don't know what over is, but. I guess when you start falling asleep, I can, but if I do that, man, I can judge that in five minutes sometime. Y'all be, <laughs> I tell y'all that one time I almost fell out the front pew because I went to sleep. In the front pew. That's you. The armor bearer. As some would call me the water carrier. Because they thought that's all that you'd done. They didn't know. And I'm so drugged up on some kind of, be careful, husbands, when your wife gives you a handful of pills and said, here, take this and call me in the morning. Because most times you ain't going to wake up until tomorrow morning. <laughs> and I'm, I'm struggling. I'm there for two services. I was there before anybody else got there, and I was there after everybody else left. That's how I live my Sundays. From about 7 to 2. <laughs> Days worth of work. That's where I learned to serve. Without grumbling and complaining. I just served. Oh, it's hard to serve. If you've ever been called to it, it's hard to serve, ain't it? It opens up doorways and gateways that you ain't wanted. Yep. And you probably sit at your kitchen table and discussed a couple times going, I think Pastor Rocky missed this one 159%. <laughs> and I think we out. 
because we ain't never had so many arguments and so many disagreements and so many sleepless nights. Serving's hard. But I'm sitting on the front row, dude. I was about halfway through the second service. I'm going, I hope nobody saw me. And I'm in the front of the church. <laughs> what, because he was boring? I just, never mind. I have to make it easy on you because if you don't think that I've ever not gone there, then you get offended if I say something about it. So I've been there, done that. So don't, when you get tired, don't worry about it. Just, it's not that she was sleeping today or last week or... <laughs> See, everybody's judgmental. Everybody's going to go, that girl in the blue shirt, was she sleeping? No, she wasn't sleeping. Mind your business. Even though it may be friends, they've been friends of the past. And sometimes when Jesus delivers us, he delivers us from past influences. Maybe that's the healing balm. Balm in Gilead, balm in absent friendship. First Corinthians says, huh, one who has unreliable friends soon Comes to ruin. Bless you. But there is a friend that sticks. Closer. Than a brother. 